In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to achieve real life results with your dogs. Now, one of the most commonly asked questions and potentially very controversial questions is, oh my goodness, what do I do with my dog's hormones? Do I spay them? Do I castrate them? Do I keep them? Do I live with this hell I'm living with right now? Have I caused it? Can I give them something? Is there a supplement for that? Is there a game for that? And we see these owners time and time again, both Tom in the vet surgery um, and three sort of behavior sort of um, consults and and from the center, oh my goodness, from the training center, I think this is probably one of the most commonly asked naughty but nice questions when people are either here as as needing some input or need some training it's just a really common question absolutely and it's one of those where actually it's really commonly advised to you know to interfere with um with 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 the the dog's hormones i would say up until recently though i would say actually up a six-month-old dog would routinely have just been castrated yeah and and still still is yeah yeah the majority that that's the the majority of advice out there and so um what we're going to do in this episode is we're just going to talk through actually what um the the hormones actually do and what impact they're having and we're not going to say okay you must do this because the reality is that that's not um that's not the that there's no kind of blanket rule and that's really important that to to say that that at the moment there are a lot of people saying out there um that there should be blanket rules and the reality is that from a behavior perspective we're not talking about population control we're talking about behavior actually that's not the case and it's on an individual basis and I think the most important thing here is that everyone makes their own correct, mm-hmm. informed decision. Mm-hmm. And I think when you don't have the information, then you can't necessarily make that informed decision. And at least if you've made an informed decision, then then you go ahead in that way. And let's be honest, once that decision's made, it's a pretty difficult one to take back. Yeah. So it's not something that you want mm-hmm. to take lightly. And at the same time, if you make an informed decision and you're happy with that informed decision, then um, go with that. Yep. Um, so I think here's where the information's at. Are you ready? So the you know if we start with let's start with male dogs. Okay, so um, the hormone that we that we're particularly interested in when it comes to male dogs is testosterone. Now testosterone is produced in the testicles, and so what yes, we have testicles to what we loud. have to think about is what actually happens when we neuter or you know depending on what what word you use you know sterilize neuter castrate whatever you want to whatever word you you choose to use um, they get chopped off and you can't stick them back on once they have been chopped off. Are you okay? sure, Tom? And so this is a really important thing. 
say this is an irreversible procedure and it's often recommended for behavior reasons. Now, actually, what does testosterone do from a behavior perspective? Well, the big thing that it does is it's actually a, a hormone of confidence. So it increases confidence. And what we have to think about is often the, the behavior struggles that, that where, where castration, neutering, sterilization is recommended for male dogs, um, is, um, they're often behavior struggles that are motivated by anxiety. You know, you think about barking and lunging at other dogs, getting worried about other dogs, separation anxiety, resource guarding, um, you know, even down to like jumping up at people. Who's to say that your dog is jumping up at people because they love people and actually could they be worried about people and that's their way of coping with that. So, you know, before we dive into the evidence, actually suggesting an irreversible removal of a hormone for life based on that is in itself questionable. Now, um, what evidence is there? Well, there's very, there's very little evidence in, in the vet world in general, in the, um, that, you know, there's not the, the large scale studies that are done in humans, and there's not often not the budget to be able to do those studies. But there is a, a study done by McGreevy et al. in 2018. And, um, what they did is they looked at how, um, how long a dog had had the benefit of testosterone for. So how long had the testicles been attached for as a percentage? of that dog's life, right? Now, um, the interesting thing is, is they then looked at various behavior struggles and, and behavior challenges that, um, that, that dogs have. Um, and the, the interesting thing is, is that, yeah, two behavior struggles improved were significantly um, more likely um, the longer the the dog had um, the longer the dog had testosterone so um, the, the the two behavior struggles in question that were much more likely if the dog was not castrated therefore suggesting the benefit of castration was indoor urine marking and howling when left alone now the two so you you meet, you kind of, you, you take that information, you think, mm, interesting, it seems to me like this testosterone is not doing any good. Now, the interesting thing is, is they then um, looked at what, what behavior struggles would be improved by keeping the testosterone by keeping the 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 testicles attached um and the um answer is that the longer the 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 dog had the benefit of testosterone, there was a number of behavior struggles that were significantly less likely to happen. Now, bear in mind, two prior to this, right? Two got worse the longer they had testosterone. 26 got better the longer they had testosterone. 26. And eight of those related to fearfulness and seven of those related to what the researchers labeled as aggression. Okay. Now, um, regardless of, we, we're not kind of discussing these labels. What we're discussing is the fact that actually 26 mostly unwelcome behaviors were actually reduced, less likely to happen the longer those dogs had so, testosterone. Tom, just give us a couple of examples that are on there. Just a mm -hmm. couple of, uh, a couple of the, the examples because I think these really are yeah. things that make a difference. Absolutely. So these included things like um, what? how did the dog respond to um, seeing another dog? How did the dog behave around other dogs? How did the dog respond to um, the noises, for example? These were much less likely to happen the longer the dog had testosterone. Now, of course, with every study, there's elements that, that we could discuss in relation to the study design um, and uh, the whether for example, I don't know, the 
dogs that have behavior struggles are more likely to be recommended to be castrated and therefore maybe that had some influence on the results but the reality is that it was really quite definite in terms of the numbers 2 versus 26 that suggests that actually we should certainly not be immediately suggesting castration for the benefit of behavior there should always be questions Mm -hmm. asked and there should always be uh, considerations to be had i own a young male dog myself and i can certainly say um from i don't know around six months old i could see his behavior change right through to where he is currently Mm -hmm. and actually i've seen him go through stages of huge oozing confidence and then also stages where confidence has really been lacking early Mm -hmm. on um and actually in all of those stages um i can't think of a day where i've thought i'm going to castrate him Mm. and that doesn't mean you guys should or shouldn't castrate your dogs I think it means that we should raise this question Mm -hmm. as to is it the right thing to do for my dog right now and actually is it the right thing to do right now yes no and actually I can reassess this again Mm. in in three months in six months in nine months in 12 months yeah exactly and you know from the really if we had to pick a, a, a blanket rule actually the blanket rule that I'd put in place would be that no dog should have a should be castrated uh, without for behavior reasons without the benefit of first having a behavior consult because if this dog has behavior struggles then why don't we determine if this irreversible procedure is required um, or not and then the second thing is actually there are reversible options when it comes to neutering male dogs so for example there's an implant that's available that goes under the dog's skin much like a microchip um, would and um, and that effectively emulates all of of the effects of a surgical castration, but they last six months or 12 months, depending on which size um, you use. And so if there was a sudden deterioration or a deterioration over the six months, then actually you can get the testosterone back, right? You could, that, that implant's going to wear off and in turn the testosterone levels are going to increase and you get the benefit of them again. And I really like, I um, alongside Tom, I have many, many um, vet friends and uh, people in the vet world that we know. And I love that many surgeons now are going down this route of actually we need to have these conversations and um, Mm. potential consults with our clients and also what I really like is some of them have a policy that they will not do a dog before a certain age now whereas actually um, a few years back you just didn't hear of that so they actually will have policies of dogs not being done routinely Mm -hmm. and again like Tom said initially this isn't the norm and yet this is definitely something that is growing in um, awareness isn't it? Absolutely and so if you're in the situation of thinking oh my gosh my dog's already being castrated don't worry because there's a game for that and there's things that we can do and and make things better if you're in that stage of wondering whether it would be of benefit and people are constantly saying to you oh it's because he's not neutered then actually you know what rather than take from from somebody who who actually is just saying that because that's what everybody says actively maybe it's a time to get a behavior consult and get advice because before we before we think about doing something that's totally irreversible and then when we do want to do it we might say let's do reversible first and then if if the effects are as you wanted them then you can go for the irreversible as a as a kind of next step so that was male dogs now female dogs a little bit um different again and um and female dogs in terms of their hormones are really cool okay because dogs are unique as a species in that Female dogs, when they have a season, um, for nine weeks following that season, about 63 days following that season, they, they hormonally have the same 
hormonal changes as if they were pregnant. So the hormone of pregnancy is progesterone. And um, most species of animal, they have a season. And if they don't become pregnant, then uh, progesterone drops very quickly. And that's that. Whereas dogs, every time they have a season, regardless of whether they are pregnant, become pregnant or not in that season, and they the progesterone gets higher and higher and higher. And it stays high for about nine weeks, but 60 odd days. Now, why is that um why is that interesting well progesterone is a very interesting hormone from a behavior perspective and what it does is it often causes dogs to become more pessimistic to startle more easily it causes them to want to possess resources they, a little bit more and fight for them they definitely become um i would say yeah hyper vigilant mm -hmm. and more aware yeah. and um more alert and so um if you've ever lived with um a a hormonal, fem hormonal female be that yeah lots of different hormonal mm. females but for sure dogs and mm. um, you really see these things yep. start to um play out right yep. and each season they have i would say that you see more of it mm -hmm. and that the the interesting thing is is that progesterone you know if we think about in in terms of the game changer world and we're thinking about buckets and buckets filling progesterone is a real bucket filling hormone and so from the the point of view of behavior if you think that most most fe entire female dogs they will they'll have a season every six months so they have a season every six months and for two months following that season they have high progesterone where they're potentially in this state of more full bucket potentially increased reactivity more pessimistic that means that you know four months of the year you've actually got a dog who is much more susceptible to developing behavior struggles like reactivity to other dogs and um, like uh, fear responses to loud feeling noises. like they need to guard things and look after yeah. things and possess them for themselves Separation and actually anxiety difficult to live with yeah. when they're like this and can be for sure um looking worried anxious where they weren't before yeah and the interesting thing is is that the the other challenge and sort of interesting thing about dogs is if you've got multiple entire feet females in the same house, they will often kind of synchronize their seasons. Now, this is where it gets really worrying because you've got two females coming into season at the same time. Then they've each got two months where they can be very offended by the other, other female's behavior and think that the other female um, is, is dangerous. And um, equally, the other female can do the same. And so those can be quite fragile relationships. They can be quite fragile households, certainly from a, a vet behavior perspective. I see a lot of behavior consults where there are entire females in a house together and struggles have started within those two months following a season, right? And so from the point of view of behavior, again, we're not going to give um, blanket kind of recommendations or rules. What we're instead going to say is we're going to talk to you about what hormones do from a behavior perspective. And then that's then down to your individual situation and your conversations that you want to have with, you know, the team that you surround yourself with so that you can get the best outcome and, and I make think the best choice. What Tom says, though, is really, really relevant. When you chat to the team around you, I think it is a team and I think mm -hmm. it is a team approach. And for sure, I've had um, some advice from some of my team and then other advice from others in my team. And that doesn't make one person right or wrong. No. It just means you feel more informed. And I know sometimes that might not help because you feel like you're indecisive in it. Mm. Um, but we've had these conversations, Tom on dogs. And mm -hmm. actually, the other thing I think is really important here is you don't make 
have to make that decision right now. Mm. So you don't have to make that decision today. Um, actually, yeah. um, you can make it in a few days' time. You can make it in a few months' time. You can make it in a few years' time. Uh, you may sit on it. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's a nice thing that you don't have to yeah. rush it. Like, it's definitely not one to... Uh, take lightly or to not consider and the thing is like you know especially neutering spaying sterilizing um a female whatever you, whatever you want to call it that's that's a it's a it's a not an insignificant procedure it's removal of a large vascular organ through abdominal surgery right that so that in itself is important and i'll often have these conversations with behavior clients where i'm like actually progesterone's not really helping this this struggle but equally her having surgery and the soreness that's going to come from the surgery and how that's going to fill her bucket. It's also and then, not insignificant. Exactly. Three weeks of recovery. I think we've got a few things that we need to resolve first and then we can we can resolve the progesterone. It might be that they say, okay, well, she was in season, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It's like, well, right, we've got six months to get a, a plan in place and things under control. Before there's and, another one. And, and before there's another one. So really it's not, this is where blanket rules just do not work when it comes to hormones and, and dogs. Just like Tom said earlier, I think it's really important if you have already had um, spay and castration, like we're not trying to make you feel good or bad. Mm. We're literally... Uh, making sure that everyone feels a little bit more informed. Yeah. Um, both Tom and I have had spayed females. Mm -hmm. Both Tom and I have had entire females. Yeah. Um, I've got an entire male. Yeah. I have I have to be honest, I've never castrated a male dog um, of my own. Um, and at the same time, um, health reasons at some point might make that important. Yeah. And so that, that might come in, in later. But yeah. in, in, in the sense of a, a dog, I haven't yet had to. And, and the interesting thing is, is yeah, there, there absolutely are health potential health benefits of um, remaining entire and and being neutered. And this is where, again, the conversation is about discussing it and, and considering it for that individual. The health benefits that come to a, a male dog, the, the nice thing about that in a way, um, the health benefits that come from neutering a male dog, they don't really, they're not really a problem or a struggle until, until five years on older mm -hmm. and so actually if you're thinking you want to preserve your dog's your mate your entire male dog's testosterone because you're working on some behavior struggles and you don't want to make them worse they you know from that point of view it's not like a ticking clock it's a little bit it's a, a little bit different when it comes to entire females but actually you know the decision doesn't need to be made right today and i think that's <laughs> the biggest one with with clients that we see isn't it tom here is that actually customers think they need to make it now actually you have a little bit of time to think yeah. on it and i suppose that's the most important thing that we wanted you to feel listening in on today's podcast is that you can be informed yeah. you can become your own dog's expert just like the thousands of people the many thousands of people that have been through uh, our programs uh, or the training academy or a pro dog trainers or yeah. sex in a squirrel um clients like you know what all of these people make mm. informed decisions for their yeah. dogs and become their dog's expert yeah absolutely and you know this is there are many things to consider. Um, we've not there. It's in some areas of the world there are population control considerations. Interestingly, in Scandinavian countries, neutering of 
females and male dogs is considered a mutilation. Whereas and it, um, they don't have, they actually have less overpopulation problems than than countries where dogs are routinely neutered, which questions the the involvement. Where, of whereas that. you do consider, like uh, I, I know uh, countries uh, potentially like America and, and many other places that will actually um, neuter really, really very mm. early. Mm. Um, and um, I think it's really important um, we don't go down the judgy path no. where we judge one or the other. Um, I think what is really important is we mm. understand there's information out yeah. there and it's there to be had. And it's a very emotive subject. I remember the first time I, I filmed a quick video oh my about goodness. male dogs and whether we should be neutering them routinely. And the the amount of... Um, I remember I, I filmed it quickly, uploaded it. I went into my next consult, came out my next, came out of the consult and it was like 60,000 people had viewed the video and my inbox was full of people um, saying um, that they were going to castrate me and um, and because I, I said something that was controversial. <laughs> you, had, you had people um, going to castrate you and then you also had, I think, some like some, some rescue centres absolutely... Shocked that I'd said livid, it. Livid, livid. If we don't open the conversation and I think it should be this is where it's important in that it should be a conversation not threatening to castrate me. and no no no, no, no like crazy judginess like we're not judging either way it's more like are we informed yeah and are we able to make an informed decision rather than a rush decision or a pressure decision or let's be honest uh, many of us walk into our vet surgeries and you take that vet's word as gospel and let's be honest there are other vets and there are other opinions and um, I've met many vets in my time and often they all have very different opinions mm-hmm. and none of them are wrong or right necessarily. You, you're working with individuals and I, yeah. and I like that, that you'll get like a bespoke service mm-hmm. to and a degree. And some things obviously are the same, but... Within everything, you have experts, yeah, right? And sure. so, you know, from the, from the point of view of everything that I've talked about, it's from a behaviour perspective, this is what these hormones do. And, I'm, and when, when I say routine castration, what I'm referring to is actually the routine default thing that people might say when a dog has a behavior struggle of, oh, well, he's entire, what do you expect? You need to castrate him. And that's really, really not the case. And then it's down to the individual as to what we do and how we manage that. And I think that is very, very much still um, the typical behavior problem, Mm. castrate. Mm. And and I think that's definitely something that people do regret having uh, done it. Now, let's let's take the consideration of someone has already gone down Mm. this route, Tom. Yeah. How, because I know that you are listening thinking, I wish I'd asked more questions. I wish I'd been better informed. So how can yeah. we uh, put ourselves in a better place? The cool thing is, is that the brain can be reshaped regardless of whether it's got testosterone going into it or not, right? And so um, the reality is that you're in the right place. You've just got to play games that reshape that brain and play the right games, teach the right skills and the concepts, train for the situation rather than repeatedly putting your dog in the situation. And the other cool thing is that actually there are areas of the body that do produce testosterone in the absence of having the testicles and the one of the ways that um that you can actually get a, an increase in testosterone is short bursts of exercise and activity now interestingly if we think about 3 minute games that's exactly what that is achieving right and so from the point of view of you've i don't know they've been chopped off you can't stick them back on the cool thing is is you're playing games you're listening to this playing games which means you're both reshaping the brain and also 
you're actually promoting testosterone. And so, you you know, you're exactly who you need to be and where you need to be. And you're doing exactly the right things. And if you've got a dog um, and you think, oh, I'm, I'm listening and I'm thinking this is my dog and my dog needs this. My dog. Think about what your dog does really need. So likely to be confidence. Some of the games that we might play for confidence, let's just do a shout out a couple. Let's do Cardboard Chaos, Knock yeah. Em Over, Noise DMT. Box. Lots of different cool games. Novelty Party. Yeah. And there's lots of cool games that we play all in our training academy. Sexy to Squirrel is also full of our games. Mm-hmm. We absolutely would say join us, get yeah. involved, um, play the games. It's not too late. It's never too late. No. Uh, your dog can take part whether they've got their testicles or not. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, guys, on that bombshell, um, we'll see you next <laughs> week. And um, and it's going to be a really fun episode next week. So um, you, you kind of go out there, play some games. In the meantime, stay, stay sexy. sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video programme, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.